Let's begin for a Muslim prayer. Give them a Muslim prayer. 
God and praying to God in your head and just resting. And I know it might be awkward and it might be quiet, but we could all just, just kind of sit and quiet just a little bit. It doesn't take long. Felt like um, just as we've been sitting here, I feel like the Lord said a couple things. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, He said, "Do I, do I still not give blessings of living water?" Mm-hmm. And he, he was basically saying, like, didn't didn't I say like I can I can still have blessings of living water flow into your life, like whatever season you're in, like blessing can still flow. And then I also heard him say, didn't I tell you I was going to take care of that? And then he reminded me of the scriptures where David was like, well, the Lord helped me with the bear. The Lord helped me with the lion. The Lord helped me with this. The Lord helped me with that. He's also going to help me take time, take down this uncircumcised Philistine. And he did. So I felt like the Lord was just saying, you know, like, didn't I already tell you I was going to take care of that? Stop your worrying. Stop your like. Stop your worrying and your waiting. Like I'm, I'm gonna take care of it. So, so stop being. And th- this is also what he said. He says, "Why are you so downcast, on my soul, in, in the waiting?" Because he said he was going to take care of it. Ain't never forsaken, or his seed is begging for bread. So, Amen. in other words, he's gonna take care of it. Amen. In other words, oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. That's why you gotta praise him in the way. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Oh, come on now. Praise him in the way. Mm. I'm sure everybody's heard the saying, when praises go up, blessings come down. Come on now. I heard a pastor say today that that wasn't right, and I don't agree with him. 
because we pray this good blessings do come down, sure. but it's not material blessings. Come on, mm -hmm. what you get is the presence of God, the greatest blessing of all. Come yeah. on now, come on now. I feel kind of led to, to share something, if that's okay. Um, so as we were just sitting in silence there for a moment, um, I was overwhelmed to the point where I almost started crying. Um, the Lord was showing me visions of, of people and, and girls that are, are, are if, you can, if you can envision like a, I don't, there's like a straight jacket where like, their whole body is like bunched into itself and like they're very very tight like squeezing and like screaming and like thrashing around and I was I was very 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 overwhelmed with with the thoughts and the visions and when I saw them um but then the Lord reminded me a couple weeks ago that it might have even just been last week that we prayed as a body that we want to see the next generation you know not being depressed not being suicidal and then the Lord reminded me of that. And literally like just a couple seconds ago when I was saying, didn't I tell you I was already going to take care of that? 
he said that again. And when I heard him say that, the visions went away. And I, I, like I genuinely felt a burden that was a weight on my chest. Like it, it tingled through my body and, and, and left. Um, and so if, if anything, be encouraged, be overjoyed. Because I, I believe that the Lord is, is still saying that he's going to take care of that. That the people that are, that are hurting and struggling so bad that they're screaming and that they're overwhelmed and, you know, society may say that there's something wrong with them and that they're, they're mentally, you know, handicapped or mentally challenged or, or, or just mentally insane. Like, Jesus still wants to deliver those people and he still can. Um, so I just, I just feel like, you know, even though we prayed about that last week, the, the Lord remembers that prayer. And I believe that it was a monumental thing to pray because I, I feel like we, as, you know, believers here and now, it, it's our job to continue to help those people not face those things anymore. Amen. Well, we need to go ahead and praise God right now. Amen. Yes, Jesus. If, if it was lifted, that means it's taken care of. And if it's taken care of, that means, yes. come on my soul. Yes. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your songs. Because you've got a lion inside those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Come on, man. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs to get up and praise the Lord. So I throw up my hands to praise you again and again. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
when God sent three angels at three different times, the angels said, fear not, or do not be afraid. And today what we're going to do is we're going to look at a portion of the Christmas story and the angels' message, do not be afraid, I believe will help some people overcome the fear of what other people think about you. Now, why does this matter so much? And I promise you, it does. Because obsessing about what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. Let me say it again. The moment you obsess about what they think, it takes you away from thinking about what God thinks. And so if you're like me and you find yourself worrying a little bit more, am I going to live up to their expectations? Are my parents going to be tough? Am I going to fit in with them? Is what I post going to be the right thing? Am I going to develop the right brand or whatever it is? If you find yourself worrying about living up to expectations, I believe God's word is going to speak to you because all of us feel pressure to say the right things, buy the right car, post the right image. And I'm praying that God's word would do a deep work in your heart today. Father, bring your word to life. Holy Spirit, do surgery on our hearts that we could know you're speaking to us. God, set us free from living for the applause of people. And God, help us live for your heart, your will, your plan, and your purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Type in the comment section of life, amen. If you're with us today, um, we're looking at Matthew chapter one today, a guy named Joseph. And Joseph had a very big decision to make. His decision was gonna be between what was easy and what was right. Have you ever noticed how what's right is rarely what's easy, right? Like it's right not to gossip, but it's so much more fun to do it. You want to be able to know, right? Or it's right to resist the temptation, but it's easy to eat it, buy it, squeeze it, pop it, whatever you do to it. It's so much easier to give it, right? And so here we have Joseph, and he was engaged to be married to um, a young girl named Mary. And if you don't know, during this time in culture, engagement is a little bit different than today. For one thing, they didn't have the pressure to have the Instagram worthy engagement where you actually propose and then you do 45 minutes of photos faking the actual moment. Ha! Huh. Oh, no. You do it again. Ha! <laughs> huh. Now with a you. Ha! For 45 minutes, I watched someone in a hotel recreate the moment, do people please in favor. And they, I know I'm the same thing I today because that's the way culture works. If you find yourself like that, uh, it was very different in the engagement process back then. Whenever someone would get engaged then, it was actually a binding agreement. Uh, the only way to get out of an engagement was actually to die or to divorce. So when we see that they're engaged, it was, a, it was much more, it was kind of like you're married without just the official marriage. You still couldn't have sex, but you were, you were in a binding agreement. And so uh, Matthew 1.18 kind of gives us the context of the story here's what scripture says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. This is a nightmare. <laughs> You are saving yourself for marriage. You're in love with a virgin girl. You are engaged and kind of like married in, in our culture today. He didn't have sex with her. And she comes in and says, guess what? I'm pregnant. Immediately, what he knows beyond a shadow of a doubt is that's not his baby. <laughs> what do you think? He's thinking, you're pregnant. You broke my heart. Our relationship's over. Who did it? I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. I know Joseph was the father of Jesus in this situation. I guarantee he thought I'm going to kill him because that's what you typically think. And Mary said, no, 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 worry. He's actually good news. Like an angel Lord appeared to me and spoke to me and said, you found favor with me and you birthed the Son of God. It's amazing. An angel did it. Really, I promise. I don't know where you got that. That's just funny to me. Like, an angel says that. He's looking at me going, what? Are you, you woman? You're crazy. 
He's still giving me that. He's like, oh, I saw that guy in the muscle shirt down the well checking you out. Right? I mean, the guy's a human. He's not going, oh, okay, great. Well, if you're a praise the Lord. It's like, God, I have to take a meeting again. No, he's not doing that. So she says she's pregnant, and from a human perspective, he's got two options to believe about her. Right now, one, she is a liar, or two, she's crazy. And both are not good foundations upon which to build your marriage. Right? I understand for you, you're pregnant. You're telling me an angel did it. You are a big, fat, liar, liar, pants on fire, or you're a wacko. Oh, the Holy Spirit did this to you. You're crazy. Both options are not good. I know I like this guy. And so let's just say, like, he's super Christian, which he's not a great guy. Let's just say he's super Christian, and he does believe him. I know okay. I like so the angel did this to you. What do you think about that? Sense? And the answer is, what are people going to think about <laughs> Because if I go through with this, there is what I was doing before we were actually married. I'm going to be marked for life. I'm the guy that broke God's law. I am in a position of power. I would have been president. No, no one's going to believe it anyway. I'm trying to tell him about this Holy Ghost thing. It's going to be a scandal that follows him through his whole life. And then if you look at it from her perspective, Mary, uh, she's going to be an outcast. She, she's going to be rejected and no one's going to speak to her because in that culture, that type of sin uh, would, 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 would put you out of business. He's going to say in a similar way, this is, he's a carpenter. No one's going to do business with him because he, their parents won't bless the marriage. And then worse yet, their child is going to be mocked all day long wherever he goes. So what's going on in his mind? We don't know the details, but what we do know is he's out. Someone comes in, I'm dating Amy, she's still pregnant by the Holy Ghost, I'm done. You go figure that out yourself, right? That's what he's going to do. He's bailing on the relationship, and we see him walking out. Matthew 1, 19 says this. Uh, because Joseph, her husband, and they're calling him the husband because they were engaged, and we talked about that, because he was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. So he's a good man. He's trying to get out of this gracefully without making it worse for her. He had in mind to divorce her wife. I don't want to make this worse for her. I'm certainly not going through with this, so I'll just try to get out of this, and maybe I can rebuild my life and divorce her quietly um, and move on with things. If I can just, just kind of get out of this, then maybe things will be okay. What are people going to think of me? So he's not going to shame her, and he thinks, maybe I can start over. Maybe I can save my reputation and say whatever of hers is there. Maybe I can find someone new. Maybe somehow I can still have a life after this. And he's about to learn one of life's most important lessons. And what is that? Take a look at this now. That pleasing God often means disappointing people. That doing what God wants is often very, very different than doing what people want. In fact, we'll see this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Scripture says this, but, but Joseph, after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he's going to divorce her quietly. He's going to move on and try to rebuild. And an angel appears and says, Joseph, son of David. Here it is. Let's all say it aloud. The angel says, do not be afraid. What does the King James angel say? The King James angel says, fear not. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Scripture says then shall give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. What do you know? For centuries, all of God's people were waiting on a Savior. And Joseph thinks, maybe this could happen, but what is it going to cost me? What is the problem, and how does this apply to you? Let's revisit an earlier thought and look at the new one. What do we know about the danger of living for the applause of these Obsessing about what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. 
than what people think about you. Right? When you start to put God first and live for an audience of one, suddenly pleasing God means more than the applause of men. It's not, I want to seek you first. I want to put your kingdom first, your values first, your will first. God, it's not about what they want. It's not about what I want. But God, I want to surrender my will to your purpose. How do we do that? How do we do it? When naturally, we care about how many likes our post gets. When naturally, it breaks our heart when the person that we like and we follow unfollow us. How dare that do that? They will answer to God. How do we do it when we care so much about people that we work with, people we go to school with? How do we live for God instead of people? I give you a couple of quick thoughts today from God's Word. I'll set up the first principle by asking again, just for context, how did God use Mary in just what did he do? Well, God used Mary to give birth to Jesus, Son of God, who gave his life as a ransom. Can you imagine, even though there was that outcome, the grief? Mary and Joseph would endure. People would not believe them. They would be sworn. They would be shamed. We know they had to run to the mind because ultimately Mary was trying to kill their baby. People were saying Joseph is not really the father. And I did the math. It definitely got pregnant before that wedding And Joseph and Mary's life illustrates the principle number one. If you're not ready to be criticized for your obedience to God, you're not ready to be used by God. Come on, man. How do you do God? Well, you got to be ready to make some key for God. Come on. Ready to face the criticism of your obedience to God. He would never be in the middle of God's will. I like what Paul said in Galatians 1 10. He said, Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people. I'm not doing that. I, 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 I'm way past that. But instead, I'm trying to win the approval of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Can we stop there for a moment? Yep. If I were recovering people pleasing and if pleasing you is my goal, I can't live faith with Jesus. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Thank you. 
church world, we uh, experimented with video teaching. And everybody said, video teaching doesn't work. That's not true. It's funny, because whenever I'm teaching, I look at the screen and look at me and I'm like, come on, man. look at the screen. And I mean, we got hammered in the church world for that. Multi-site. And uh, we were one of the first churches that started meeting in one one location. You're pulling yourself and you're doing that, 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 that,
popularity, parties, wedding, blah, 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 and that didn't work. Have any of you ever noticed the same can be fun for a while, but then it's not fun? It's like a sneeze. Sneeze feels good, and then there's shot everywhere, right? That's the same thing. <laughs> and so, God prompted someone, somewhere, to give money to an organization that was obedient. God prompted someone to be obedient. And God prompted a man named Mike, who was a Gideon, to go to the campus that I was at. And I went to a class and came out, and Mike was prompted to stop me. All the students there, some walked by, he stopped me, and said, would you like a free Bible? And I started reading that Bible, and I had no idea that God had prompted three guys on the first week in the church that looked at me and said, that guy's hurting, he needs Jesus. They prompted three guys to pray for me every day until they would see a miracle. Wow. And I started reading the Bible, and I got a little bit excited about God, and then God prompted someone to invite me to a downtown Bible study where there was a man named Nick Harris teaching the Word, and he became like a spiritual father to me. And then God prompted Nick to reach out to me to ask if I ever felt called to ministry. And fast forward to this day, the same guy who received a free Bible got, had a conversation with a guy named Robbie Grubel, his our staff, and God had prompted him to say, what if we as a church created a Bible app and gave it away for free? And when you put all of these little promptings together, you see that through our church family, to only the glory of God, the Bible app is on 700 million devices a day. And all the way through, what happened? Prompting, 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 prompting. Think anybody ever made fun of Mike to hand out Bibles? Sure. Think anybody said to the daughter, you're sleeping for giving that money story? Yes, sure. You think anybody said, oh, if you ask the guy to go to church, go to Bible study, he might not go, he might think you're weird? Sure. You ever think Nick might have wondered, well, what if I ask him to be so over God? He's really not. You think that's dumb? God's going to speak to someone here, and you're going to stop living for the approval of people. I don't know what it's going to be, but, but you're going to say, okay, what? You know, I'm going to not put put my favorite sport ahead of God. I'll cheer them on Saturday, but I'm going to be here on Sunday. And I'm not sitting here, but I'm prompted to serve and use my gifts and body advice. God's going to prompt someone here to be bolder in school. But when you walk in, a light walks in, and everyone knows it. Maybe be bolder at your office. God's going to prompt someone to stop playing around financially and tithe. Get out of debt. Right. God may speak to someone about considering fostering. Or God may prompt you to ask her out. And if she says yes, and if you get married, if you have a baby, you can name him Craig. <laughs> God sent me to help you. And besides, Craig's like an old guy named you. Like a baby named Craig. We need to bring Craig back. Make Craig. You know what I'm saying? We No, he said that we're alive. Yeah, it's it's apparent. The would have said no if he was worried about what people thought. But he valued the heart of God above the opinions of people. In fact, in Matthew 1 3 4, here's what happens. When Joseph woke up, what did he do? Let's say aloud. What did he do? He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. When he woke up, he did what the Lord had commanded him. And why does this matter? Because obsessing about what people think about you is the quickest way to forget what God thinks about you. But when you do what God says and you obey his promptings, obsessing about what God thinks about you is the quickest way to forget about what people think about you. So, I am a recovering people pleaser. And sometimes I look at the comments and want people to like me. But what I understand is that when you follow Jesus, 
you will never win the applause of everybody. And here's what's interesting, is when you think about it, is you, you can't please everyone. No way. You get it right this time, get, you get in style today, and you look at that picture in five years from now, and you look stupid. Mm -hmm. You notice that. Thanks. You work so hard to be so cool, then you look so dumb. You cannot win the approval of everyone, but you can win the approval of God. You can please him, and how do you please him? It's impossible to please him without faith. And so when he speaks to you, when he leaves, when he prompts you, when he moves on you, don't give up what they think, but have faith to do what he calls you to do, to be who he calls you to be, and to live a life that he calls you to live. Because you cannot please everyone, but through the grace of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit and living by his word, you can please God. And imagine the best news ever, standing before God one day, having him look to you and say, well done. Well done. Live the life that brought me glory. Well done. My good and faithful servant. So Father, we ask today that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would speak a word of faith. God, to help us to heal from the need to please people. But God, instead, to desire to please you. All our churches today, those of you who say, I, I actually do care too much about what other people think. I can be a people pleaser. Um, and I, I want to live for God instead. Would you lift up your hands right now? People pleasers, lift up your hands right now. It's all over the place. Online, you can type in the comment section on the recovering people pleasers. Type it in right now. And, and God, we just ask that you would take a minute and show us. We're, we're open. Everybody just say, Holy Spirit, show me. Show, show me anywhere that I'm living for people. Show Type in that comment section. Holy Spirit, show me. Show me. Anywhere that I'm living for the approval of people. God, just convict us out of living for this world and empower us to live for you. It may be financially, it may be maybe sexually. It may be trying to fit in a popular crowd, maybe trying to create a brand for you <laughs> instead of trying to get the word of God. It may be living for a dad that's distant, and maybe he's not even alive today, but you're still trying to live in such a way that he would be proud of you and approve. It's living for what they think. God, help us to put you first. God, help us to seek you in every way. God, lead our steps. God, even if we're rejected, even if they make fun of us, God, we put you first. God, help us to obey, even in the small ways. And know that you can do really big things through small acts of obedience. God, help us to put our faith in you. Yes. To live for your approval, not the approval of people, because we know that we will not be a servant of Christ if we're living for the approval of people. God, give us the courage and faith to live for you and you alone. As you keep praying today, uh, back to the verse we looked at earlier in Galatians 1 10, Paul said, I, I'm, I'm not living for the approval of people. If I were living for the approval of people, I said, I would not be a servant of Christ. Some of you, right now, you may look at your life and say, Oh my gosh, like, that's really, really convicting. If you looked at my life before I was a Christian, I would have said, if you said, hey, Craig, are you a Christian? I said, yeah, you know, I go to church, so I believe in God. But man, I was living for the approval of people. And if that's what we're doing, we're not the servants of Christ. And I had to come to a point where I recognized that I've been living a very sinful life. How do I get out of that? The answer is I can't do it on my own. But when I call on Jesus, the sinless Son of God, the one who died in my place and rose again, when I call on Him, He hears my prayers and He forgives my sins. Some of you right now, you're going to recognize that you're actually not a servant of Christ. You're living for the approval of people. What are we going to do? We're going to take one step out of where we've been, away from our sin, and just one step toward Jesus. When you call on him, when you call on his name, he hears your prayers, and he will forgive every single sin. You don't just become a better version of you. You are different. The old is gone, and the new comes today, wherever you're watching from. Those who say, yes, I need 
him. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. We're stepping away from our sinfulness. We're stepping away from living for the approval of people. And we're stepping toward a fully surrendered life toward Jesus. Wherever you are, you say, yes, I want him. I'm calling him. When you do, he'll forgive you. He'll make you new. That's your prayer today. You say, yes, I turn from my sin. I surrender my life to Jesus. That's your prayer. Lift your hands high right now. All over the place. Yes, thank you, God, for people today who are saying yes to Jesus in all of our churches. Those of you online, just type in the comment section, I am surrendering my life to Jesus. Type that in the comment section. And today, as God does a miracle, setting us free from living for the applause of people, today we live for an audience of one. Would you pray with those around you? Pray, Heavenly Father, take all of my life. Set me free from living for people. And help me to live for you by putting you first. Jesus, forgive all of my sins. Forgive me all of my sins. Save me. Save Be the Lord of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your so spirit. I can know you. So I can know you. And serve you. And serve you. And live for you. And live for you. For the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. My life is not my own. My life is not my own. I give it all to you. I give it all to you. And use me. Use Show me. your life. To make me know. No matter what they think, I'm living for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Can somebody give God some praise today? Welcome to the party that I've All right, well, there was really only one question that he presented today, um, and that is, well, two. The first one was the main question, basically, why he had concern is, how do we live for God instead of people? Um, but his second question was, is there any area in your life where you're living for people and not for God? So let's share. Is there any area in your life where you are living for people and not for God? Yes. 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 Where at? We'll share it. We'll share it. I think mine's been in work. You feel like you're living for like I'm just fitting into the mold of the guys rather than being different. Staying now. Yeah. Letting them influence me more than one. How do you change it? It's pretty easy just to say, oh, yeah. and, uh, the way that I talk, the way that I think, uh, I don't know. Really, really, I think it's mostly in my talk. You know, just some things I probably, you know, just being honest, probably things I say at work that I wouldn't ever say here. You know, not even just like cuss words and stuff like that, just like about topics and things. Always being dudes. Yeah, which is like not an excuse to be not a person. Who else said yes? Everybody. Who wants to share next? I think for me, just being in the subspace, sometimes I get kind of lenient with the kids. Um, I can let things slide sometimes, you know, showing grace and giving a favor because you know, I don't want to get in trouble for that particular incident. But I think I should realize, you know, as authoritarian, I'm an authoritarian in the school. I'm a teacher, and I'm essentially the person that looks over those children in the classroom, uh, or young men, young women, depending on the high school, in the high school level. Um, I think I'd be more authoritative. Some in some cases, most cases, I should be more authoritative. Uh, 
then not just be an authoritarian just to say like this is the way it is, but then give explanation detail as to why. Is it just as authoritarian? And then uh just You better rest up for mom. And uh, you know, sometimes I'll find myself, you know, just talking buddy, being buddy, which is cool, you know, you be buddy, buddy, buddy yeah, kids yeah. and everything like that. But sometimes I gotta remember, it's like, oh yeah, like, hold on. I'm there, I'm the example, I'm supposed to be the example too. It's like, hey, you know, wait a minute, I get it, that happened to you, bro, but let's talk about Jesus. Like, how do I transition those conversations? It's like, well, this is Jesus, and the way you do it is simple. Jesus, like, you know, whatever you say before, and then not just mention it, but be like, hey guys, like, there, there is a benefit to following Jesus. Like, it's not just like you're doing this just for behaviorism, but it's like, hey, this is actually our life. I think it was the verse, it's, uh, I think it's first Colossians, first Colossians, three, Colossians 3, one. When Christ, who is your life, Appears, then you get to rejoice with the sun like that. I gotta look it up. But Christ, who is our life? It's not just like this is a concept. No, he's literally our life. Like this is it. It's not a means to an end. That's the end. That's the beginning. That's yeah. it. <laughs> like he's the whole. Yeah. And sometimes I can miss that point. It's like, you know. Yeah, we want these kids to get over certain things and certain elements and things of that nature, but it's like, you know, when, the way you gotta realize is like, you, when you follow Christ, it's not just the fact that you're getting over this, like, this is it. Like, there is no other way. This is actually it. Because it would be reality where every time we're crap, you're gonna feel probably more depressed than you have just because of the spiritual longing that we have to go to another. This ain't our world. We're strangers in a foreign land. We forget that sometimes. We have to be reminded that like, we are strangers. His life this, is not your own. This is his life. Your life is not even your own. Yeah, not your own. And, you, and that's not even just in the spiritual. That's in the natural. It's really not our own. Think about it. You can't even stop your own heart. Think about that. You can't. The only way you can stop yourself from breathing is if you hold your breath. But it's an automatic response that you breathe in, breathe out, breathe yeah, out. Yeah, you get to pass out and just start breathing. We start breathing again. Think about that. So it's, our lives are really not our own. Yeah, anyway. every, every every person in the world, believer or non-believer, says the name of God every day. Ooh, that's wow. He can't exist without saying his name. The crap, that was good. I didn't think that was good. Yeah, what about you, Grant? What, what well, you? first, every day in, 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 in every conversation that we have, Even if we're with the guys that weren't cutting up, there's a moment in that conversation where Holy Spirit says, say this about Jesus right now. And a lot of times we go, I know for me, a lot of times it's, it's well, I know how stupid it sounds now, Pop. Well, I can't even say it out loud, it sounds so stupid. Well, Jesus don't fit in this situation right now. It's not appropriate. 
The whole point is to turn the, to turn the conversation appropriate. Yeah. Right? That's what we want. That's what we sit and we're like, oh man, I really wish they wouldn't talk about this. Da, 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 da. Oh, maybe if I join in, they'll stop. No. Yeah, if you mention Jesus, yeah. they'll stop. And and then and then the next thought is, oh well, then there's that awkward that awkward moment where um, I mentioned Jesus and now everybody is convicted. So what? Oh, Good. oh, oh that, I mean that scripture right there, because Jesus said that he came to Oh shoot! He's like I, he says I didn't come to bring peace, but I actually came so that people would raise up swords against one another, and that pe people would be against each other, so that then they could come to know me, so that then I can grant them peace. Come on, man. He, he said I came to give division against one another, so that they could then find out what the truth is in me, and then they will have peace. We gotta choose in our conversation. Yep, that's good. Just to mention the name. Just to mention it. There's going to be an awkward pause. There's going to be a moment. People make of, fun of you. Yeah. Yes. People, people that matter. You're just saying that, so we'll stop talking about this. So yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. Yes. Yeah. Bingo. I had, I had a job in Texas that um, I talked about God so much on this job that I walked outside one day. We were all getting ready to go to to lunch, and I was the last one downstairs. And one of the guys was like. Hey, you don't even want to walk over here in this conversation. I was like, why? And he was like, because you don't talk about the stuff that we talk about. I was like, what you mean? And then I heard the conversation. And they were talking about this girl at the bank. And I was like, you're right. I don't want to be in this conversation. I'm going to see y'all at the restaurant. <laughs> like, but okay, but anyway, back to, so going to... Um, your area of where people can please it. Is it? So well, so Paul says that, that if you're married, you have one of the problems. Yes. And he's 100% right. Because when you get married, one of, the, one, one of the people that you worry about pleasing is your spouse. Come on. The next are your children. And that's where... It, it 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 makes us people pleasers as husbands because we want our wives to be happy all the time. We don't want to have, want to correct them, right? We want our children to be happy all the time. We yeah. don't want to correct them. But the Bible says that those in no uncertain terms, not exactly right. But those who are happiest seek discipline. Come on, like they look for it. You go out and, and I know for me, like if if I think that I'm messing up, Pop, if I'm messing up, tell me right now. Let me know so I can fix it. Yeah. Because I don't want to be over here on the left telling people that they should be over here on the right. Mm. So that's that's my that's my people pleasing. I didn't even think about that. Good. And that's real. That's real. And the, the way to fix it is is. Just to begin, even if they're not receptive to it, just to begin, hey, that's not right, guys. For instance, today, the youngest, um, they came home from school, there was two bags of chips left. The youngest grabbed both bags of chips and told the oldest that 
he wasn't gonna let him have it, right? Well, the youngest likes to play this game because I do it where I'll be like, well, you'll be like, hey, let me get that bottle right there. And I'll be like, no. Like as I'm handing it to you. Yeah. But he takes things too far. He doesn't he doesn't understand what the real event is, right? So that's what he was doing. The oldest came downstairs and told me what was going on. And then he went back upstairs and I heard the youngest mad here. Oh, I, I was just playing. <laughs> so I'd already told him to come downstairs and I he came downstairs and after I heard that I was like, because it changed the whole conversation I was gonna have with him, and I was like, dude. You got to learn to, to not take things so far. And the point is, the point of what we're talking about here is he said, well, Derek does it all the time, da 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 Can you control Derek mm. or can you control you? And he looked at me. What's, what can you control, baby? Can you control you or can you control Derek? Me. Then who am I talking to right now? You or Derek? Me. He's mad. That, that felt like but he understood what I was saying. Yeah. And sometimes I think that we we don't think it's okay for us to be upset because of what God told us. Yeah, come on. Because it didn't match what we thought, right? Wow. It's okay to be upset over it. But you gotta let it go. You still gotta understand what he says. I mean, right. You I, still gotta yeah. understand where he's coming from and what he's saying. I think the, that I think that's why he uses Joseph for the example. It's yeah. Just, it, it's like like Joseph. Joseph probably didn't like it. He probably oh, oh, come but, yeah. You're out of bed. Yeah. But he did it. Right. Yeah. He knew what God wanted him to do. He right. did it. And he did it. And, and he probably didn't just like it, man. He, he probably hated it. Yeah. He probably did. That was a, that was a dying out to self that he probably had to do. Do you understand that he thought Mary was a liar until that angel came to him in the dream? Like, think about it. If, if anybody, if anybody here, your girlfriend, your wife, your soon to be wife, she's pregnant with somebody. Get out, out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. We're not playing this game. We don't. Back in the days, he could have right off the face. He might. We don't know. He might get rid of the old one too. Okay. Yeah, the Ray Rice Usher. It's Before we move on to the next one, I got two points here I got to make. So yeah, he, said, he said that, excuse me, if you're not ready for, if you're not ready to be criticized, basically you're not ready to be used by God. Right? Well, I thought that was great. God's work will always come with criticism. Yeah. Always. And it will mostly be from those who are so called believers. Mm-hmm. Not the people that love you. I mean, yep. Jesus yeah. says we're going to be hated. Yep. Do you really want to follow me? And that's yep. what he said. He said, really? He's like, you want this. You want this. Take heart, though. Yep. Because I've overcome the world. So God gave me this analogy while I was, well, he was while I was watching Craig. Craig was talking about looking down at the footsteps. And I, it, it, it dawned on me. Little kids. Yeah. When they're following their parents. Take the same they're same. always looking down. But they're always looking down. They don't never look up to see. Like, they will run dead into the back of their parent looking down at their footsteps to make sure they're following in the footsteps. Why don't we do that to God? Come on. If he's our parent, why don't... I don't want to say you don't ever want to look up, but while you wait to get to step 10, you might as well go on and look at the ground and follow dad's footsteps. It's good. I like that analogy as well, though. I thought that one was good, too. Yeah. 
Yeah, we all honestly, I mean, it has been pouring the snack for the last two hours. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm not worried about it, but just we don't want to be here alive. We're wrapping up. I think my my big thing with what he said, like, he's a people, which I am too. It's not that like at work I'm a different person or at home or anything like that. It's the things I do within my work from where it's a different denomination. I'm not used to it and they want me to do all these little things that I'm maybe not comfortable with or maybe don't have enough knowledge about and I have to go in and study and learn and which is all fine like i need to learn that stuff anyways because i want to see the bigger picture of why they believe what they believe but at the same time some of the things i don't agree with yeah so i steer away from it and i've been criticized of it like well you need to do these confirmation classes well, I can't teach a class and give someone a certificate and say they're safe. That's not how salvation works. Yeah. It's not happening. And I fought with them and bickered over them. And I finally kind of got my way. They've not mentioned it for a while. <laughs> but we do have an admin meeting this Sunday, so we'll see. Yeah. But it's just those little things. Like, why do we as a body of believers, within our not even within our own denomination, but even on the outside of it, why do we have to go through the motions? Like, why are we setting this is what we believe and all you're not this stuff this happens? happens or you're yeah, not. like that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it just makes me so because mad. There's, there's Pentecostal or not? I'm saying the wrong one. The ones that are crazy about the times. Pentecostal. Well, yeah, but, well, there's some of them. It's more specific for I mean, they're like if you didn't speak in tongues, then you really didn't get saved. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know what I mean? There's, there's churches like that. I mean, it's just... So that, it's not that that's not biblical. It's the least spiritual gift. Yeah, yeah that's... Yeah, it's just the least spiritual gift. That's all. It, you, you... You should know how to pray in the Spirit. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's how I'm going to leave that. Is you should know how to mm. pray in the Spirit. If you're yeah, I, I got nothing wrong with time. They don't bother me. Well, Listen, getting up running around the church don't bother me because that's what I grew up in. So, yeah. like, like that, it, however Holy Spirit moves you, do it. Mm. Yeah. That's that's my, my like. I don't care if Holy Spirit tells you to get up on stage and do a handstand and do three twists. Do it. But isn't that the whole point of like what we just learned? Right. It's like, like if you believe that that's what the obedience of the Lord is telling you to do. I know that's like a, a crazy silly analogy. Right. But like if, if if you're going to be obedient because you feel like what that's what the Lord's telling you to do, then like there's gonna be people in yeah. the audience of, of the church that are gonna be like, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah. People close to and me. I think that's <laughs> my, yeah. that's yeah. probably my biggest thing right now because February eleventh, I'm preaching. Oh wow. It's youth Sunday. That's awesome. So with me being grown up at Richie's church and then I have a little bit of a Baptist background, mm-hmm. some of the things that I have in my so-called sermon right now 
are inconsistent with some of the things that they preach. Yeah. It's not, it's not that it's wrong. It's just a different theology. It's yeah. a different way of looking at it. And I really hate to say this, but all these old people in there, they're set in their own ways that they don't want to learn another perspective. Yeah. But that's what Christ calls us to do. He wants us to grow in that perspective. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, am I going to change this? because I want people to be okay with me at the church. I've been there for less than a year, almost a year. Yeah. Or am I going to do what God tells me to do? And that's the toughest part of the freaking job. Yeah. Bro, I got fired from a job for doing what God told me to do. Yeah. I got hired from a Christian school as a Bible teacher. Awesome. The Bible curriculum was absolutely boring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so boring. Like, I was bored teaching it, so I knew they were bored learning it. Yeah. And I was like, God, wait, like, you gotta, we, we got to do something different because they're not learning this. They're, they're not getting it. Like, their eyes glaze over 30 seconds in the class. Yeah. And he told me what to preach. He told me what to start teaching them. And when he told me that, I was like, I can't, I can't teach them that. Because it was, it was, it was. Kind of cultural to the school. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I can't teach them that. And he was like, well, yeah, you can. You, can. you might get fired for it, but, but you, can. You're, you're, you can. And sure enough, I, he was not. And then after I started after I started teaching it, he was like, you're going to get fired for this. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Because when I was teaching what I was teaching at the end, they were into it. Mm-hmm. They started to understand why they needed God. that scene. that scene. Yeah. I think that's the big thing with where I'm at too because on Sunday mornings during Sunday school I'll teach the United Methodist curriculum whatever that's the only time I use it right. but on Sunday right. nights I get more kids because I'm doing the lessons that God gives me to make Yeah, and it's so much of a better environment a better atmosphere you can feel God there and Sunday mornings just, just like oh my gosh we got an hour we got to sit in here and read through this like chapter of a book and say a little prayer and whoop you do let's go to service like it sucks <laughs> but yeah <laughs> I just think that's so fun you're just like dude it sucks but I mean I get it that's all I could I, could, I couldn't operate in that I literally could not operate in something that's yeah you know, it's I mean that's prop like you know there's some hours that that is their bread and butter and that is where they feel the most Holy Spirit and that's where their heart is and that's where yeah. they live their whole that's life right. And, on, and honestly, praise the Lord. Yep. Do I think they're missing so many wonderful, beautiful things? Yes. Mm-hmm. But if their heart can't get there, I don't think they're hell going to hell because of it. I mean, yeah. right. I, but man, I it'd be hard for me. I spent the most time throughout my 40 hour work week trying to redo the curriculum that was given to me because I want it to be fun and, you know, uplifting oh. and everything. But man, well, you're on the right track. You know, you're the, uh, <laughs> and, and, and here's the deal: in that curriculum, if God—I mean—and this is this is hard—but if, if God wasn't in it when it was created, and God didn't leave for that curriculum to be created, it's not worth it. It's it, it worth. Yeah. It's 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 literally even even if and I know this is crazy because I mean, the word of God is still the word of God. It's alive, but dude, if He didn't leave for it like that, then. I found this. I found this curriculum called uh, Gross Students," and <laughs> we got five minutes before I okay, that's fine. This is just a story. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, it's my turn? My thing is, it's not necessarily, I mean, I guess it could be something specifically, but I feel like all of us deal with the whole, we seek the approval of others. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's no question. Yeah, like, everybody. So, you know, we, we will act a certain way to satisfy whoever we're confused with, whether it's for, whether it's like a girlfriend, or whether it's a parent, or whether it's your worship pastor, you know. So, like, we seek, even if you're, if, like, sometimes, like, for me, worship's my thing. Like, I love worship. I'm in a new church, you know, kind of starting. I'm used to being the front man, if that makes any sense. Um, now I'm being the background guy. And so now I, I find myself seeking approval of the worship leader and not the approval of the king. What church are you at now? Harvest Chapel. Oh, okay. Uh, but, and so I have to fight with that because I'm like, man, why doesn't he schedule me to lead a song or, you know, something like that? I'm like, wait a minute. If the Lord wants me to lead a song, He's going to make that happen anyway. So, as long as I'm doing what I'm called to do, you know, I don't have to seek approval of my worship. Even though I care, you know, I don't want to distract and be, you know, I obviously care about my craft and not, you know, moving in. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I'm bringing my best to God. Yeah, I don't have to do it for my worship. I think that's, I think that's the key word is we don't want to distract or take away from God. Right. And when we seek other people's approval, right. that's exactly what we're freaking doing. Exactly. And what did Jesus say about it? Jesus asked, Jesus asked, why do you seek the approval of man but not the approval of God? Yeah. 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 If you're seeking the approval of man, I try, and like we all talked about a layer tonight of where we're people pleasing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. There's a lot There's so much more that we don't even really. It's like, it's how we do every single thing that we do every day. Okay. It, it, every single thing that you do every single day is pleasing. Is for pleasing someone. It is. Yourself. I, I totally agree. Like I said, your wife, your kids, people you go to work with, your family, the people your that boss. you love, yep. yeah, your, your boss, you made, I mean, there's, dude, there's so much stuff, bro. Dude, I mean, that's like. I feel like we all subconsciously, uh, subconsciously seeking a report card. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And it, that, that, and that, to me, that's the scariest part about it. Is that most of it is subconscious and we don't even see yeah. it. Yeah. Unless we really like die. Because like, why do I care what this person thinks? Literally. You know what I mean? Literally. Yeah, yeah somehow I do. Well, my, that, that's, that's so good. My dad preached a sermon one time and he called it the comparison trap. And he said it all starts with a subconscious checklist that we have in our mind that whether we're at our job, okay, well then did I perform well enough for this person? Okay, well then, then I go to the gas station. Was I nice enough to this person? And, and then my buddy calls me. He needs me to help him move into his new house next week. Well, I got to do that so that we'll still be friends. And I'm doing this side job, and I've got to. He said, the more and more you keep pleasing people, and you're then going to compare yourself to those people that you're trying to please. And that's why people get overworked. They get tired. They get depressed. They get. That's anxious. why people never. That's why people never sit in quiet. Because they're, because they're so bogged with, with that's, they're, that's they're, why you, if, you, if you live all let's say you got 80 years and you live every single day to the fullest you will never run out of things to do 
I'm telling you, I mean, you never will run out of There's always something to do. Always. But you know, you can't get back in those 80, 80, 70 years. There's a time that you're going to spend in quiet, a time that you're going to spend in peace. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can, and like, that's what a lot of us find stuff to do and stay busy to stay out of our sin. I mean, honestly, that's, all, that's a whole other, that's a whole other. We, we got to, we got to wrap her up. If somebody, if somebody's got one more thing, two more things. right behind you. I, I love Jesus. I love hearing him say that even if you saw step 10, even if he showed it to you, the likelihood of you doing it without seeing the provision, the faithfulness of step 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, and 9. You, you may have made it through 7, and you still may not have done step 10 if you hadn't got the provision from 8 and 9. Oh man, come on. That's good. That's good. Jesus, help us to pray to those small steps. But Jesus, I pray you would keep us safe as yes, we go home. Protect us, what Lord. Grant was saying, if, if the Lord wanted us to be here and He wanted us to meet and get us here, He's going to get us home safe. So we trust you. Amen. We rest in that. We don't go home anxious and nervous, Lord, but we do go home with wisdom, driving probably a little slower and a little safer. In Jesus' yes. name, pray. Amen. Amen.